0: hey everybody it's tommy cannelly and welcome back to before the lights podcast the show to find out how those in sports music and entertainment made their mark go get your coffee or get a drink whatever you prefer and sit back and relax joining me today is a top-notch casting director for feature films commercials music videos and even short films she's an actress A podcast host for the show, Strictly Stalking, the owner of Creative and Depraved. She loves bikinis, producer, writer, a world traveler, and even a former Playboy model. Known for being approachable, fun, and available, an Ames, Iowa native. Please welcome to the show, Jamie Beebe. Jamie, how are you today?
1: I'm good. Wow, you know so much about me. (laughs) I do a
0: little research on my guests before I get them on my show
1: apparently i don't know if i would consider myself an actress though okay i've i've tried it i tried it many many years ago and it's really bad at it
0: so (laughs) So it's on the bottom of the of the totem pole of the things you do
1: yeah yeah way bottom
0: what does feather girl stand for on your social media accounts
1: okay so many years ago um when it was more trending, I think. I used to wear like feathers in my hair, all right, because I thought it looked cool. Um, and then I just people started calling me Feather Girl because I was I was I wore like a lot of feathers in my hair, like a lot, so <laughs> like probably more than I should have.
0: So that's where it comes from. All right, it makes sense. Yeah. Who was Jamie Beebe in high school?
1: Oh my gosh, everybody in high school hated me. I was the biggest nerd. <laughs> I was really I was really ugly. <laughs> like I was just. I just couldn't get it right in high school. You like, just couldn't get I had it together. Like, no friends.
0: Do you have good grades?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, good grades.
0: Okay. From like I said, I did some research at age seventeen. Did you take off and follow the band Fish?
1: <laughs> well, I I graduated high school. Okay. When I was seventeen, um, and I actually wanted to follow the Dead, but that was the year that Jerry died. So. I couldn't. So yes, I did follow fish for a little while. Um, It was fun.
0: How long did you go site to site with them?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, You know, I would jump on and off the tour a little bit here and there, uh, but it was a while.
0: (laughs) And what was the whole situation that you and why did you organize a topless march and end up getting arrested for it?
1: Wow, you can find out anything on the (laughs) Internet. huh?
0: there's a lot out there girl.
1: Um, you know, it was so long ago. Um, I just, it was a, it was a hot day and, um, you know, they were, there were people on campus, um, like protesting women in school. Like they were like radical, um, religion people. (laughs) That's what we'll call them. And they were like, they're like, women shouldn't be in school. Women shouldn't do this. Women shouldn't do that. And I was outside trying to study and I don't know. I just, you know, a kid and I was like, well, women can do whatever men can do. And it was a hot day and all the guys had their shirts off. So I took mine off. And then um, I did get arrested for that, but um, the charges were like dropped because actually it's not really that illegal to do that. And then, so before the charges were dropped, though, I did organize like a topless march. And that's kind of how that came about.
0: To get some people to follow you?
1: Yeah, there was quite a few people. Yeah, equality.
0: All right. Yay. I'm, I'm sure there was some gentlemen that didn't really care that you started the march either.
1: <laughs> right, right. Um, there's there was a lot of people there. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, I do believe in equality. Would I do that today? Probably not. But, um, you know, back then I was much younger. (laughs) Sure.
0: What was your initial career outlook? I see that you went through Iowa state and ended up, you went to Columbia college in Illinois. I'm a former Illinois native myself. So what was your original career path?
1: Oh gosh, there's been so many. I don't even remember. Um, I know when I was at Iowa state, like I wanted to do journalism and stuff like that for a while. And then, um, after I left Iowa State, I actually graduated from Ohio University with a degree in photography and then my masters is from Columbia with a degree in music management.
0: So were you looking at something then in photography originally and then <laughs> decided well maybe I'll do photography and put music together with it?
1: Well, yeah, no, so I wanted to do photography, but when I was in school it was like before they had digital cameras and like so I just learned how to do like film and process film and stuff that's kind of what they taught us and i don't know if i wasn't i mean i could take a decent picture but i wasn't like wow i'm amazing at taking pictures so when it all changed i didn't really know what to do so um you know i love music so i was like oh i'll manage bands like that makes sense um but that didn't happen it's much harder than it looks and it wasn't for me so then i came out to la and uh um I did real estate for a while. I worked in all parts of production. And then finally I was like, Oh, I can do casting. Like that's really fun. It's a cool job. I like it. And then from there I started casting and now I do casting and uh, podcasting.
0: All right. Before I go into the casting thing, (laughs) I have a question with the music thing. Okay. We probably go back to the same era. So, for my listeners, I'm gonna bring up something that this is may seem dinosaur to you, but this was pre-Facebook. But were you helping a band through MySpace?
1: Uh yeah, I mean, I, I definitely tried on MySpace.
0: I used to be yeah, the big definitely. platform. Everybody and it was a big yeah. music platform for a well, while, for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. it really was. Yeah, was- I was because I was dating this guy um who I'm still great friends with. We dated forever. Um, and he was going to be like a rock star. So I was like manage his band. Um, that didn't work out for either one of us. He's a chiropractor now.
0: <laughs> and that's where you decided, okay, this music band thing is, this isn't for me.
1: Yeah. It just wasn't, it didn't work.
0: That's kind of weird that he's now a, a chiropractor. You're into podcasting, into casting. So you've gotten your own ways. You were yeah. head of production for a while at a place called Jane films was there anything that happened there that you started to look at maybe getting into casting?
1: Um, yeah. So that was an interesting, um, job. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because you know, it wasn't, I didn't really know what that meant. Um, it was, uh, a person that I knew that wanted to start this company and be a director. So I was like, cool, like I can do that, which I had no, no idea how to do it. I hadn't even really been on a set before. Uh, so yeah, I, I learned a lot mostly, you know, in the casting aspect. Um, and that really stood out to me. So when that, when I was no longer at that company, um, that's what I started doing was just casting. It's a hard
0: business to get into. So how'd you get your break into casting? (laughs)
1: Well, you know, I started in, um, in reality unscripted and, uh, you know, I just kept asking people to hire me and eventually I got a job, uh, doing it. But in the meantime, I really wanted to be scripted. So I would go to the universities and things and I would sit outside and I would just be like, Hey, do you, does anyone need a casting director? Will someone hire me? And they did, um, mostly for free. So I started working for free, but, um, instead of a, a lot of people go and they work at uh, scripted companies and stuff, but I just couldn't get my foot in the door at any of the scripted companies. And right. I was like, Oh, I would just rather be my own boss anyway. So, um, you know, as the people that did hire me from the schools, after they graduated and stuff, they kept hiring me. And so I was able to kind of work my way up and keep getting work. And so now I mostly do scripted, uh, every once in a while, I'll jump back into an unscripted show, but, um, mostly scripted.
0: So you just having a break, you basically created your own, you know, you just kept yeah. persisting and finally just said, Hey, I'll do it for myself. I can do this. I think I know what I'm doing. Is, has it been lucrative for you?
1: Yeah, no, I I do really well. I love it. Um, I think I'm good at my job. So It works, you know.
0: What are the pros and cons of being a casting director?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, There's a lot of pros. Uh, You know, everybody kind of likes the casting director, I think. (laughs) Like, it's a good job. Like, you're giving people um, a job. You know, you're like, hey, you got the role. This is great. Everyone's excited. Um, And also, everyone just kind of has to be nice to you because... It's a bad look if you're not nice <laughs> to the casting director.
0: You got um, no shot then.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I kind of like that. That's kind of my thing. Um and you know, it's it's so exciting to be creative and be on the creating end of things. Um, you know, I, I like to create things. It's and that way like the creative side that I do is kind of not um You know, I'm a great writer and stuff, but like that kind of stuff never worked out. So it's just like a whole different way to create something um, by like using other people and like seeing people and then putting them in that role and then seeing it actually come out and and work is really, really cool. Um, So yeah, there's lots of great things about my job. I'm trying to think of (laughs) bad things. Are there Uh, any bad things? I mean, no, not really. Like I really love it because if I didn't, I just wouldn't do it. I'm very... um, decisive in that way <laughs> I don't like something I'm I'm out but um yeah so I don't there's not really any any cons to it I mean it's it's a nice flexible job for me
0: when did you decide then to go on your own how long have you been doing this on your own
1: um like on and off for 10 years okay um, you know mostly I've been doing casting for 10 years um I've worked for companies in there, in between there. Um, I work a lot for Metal Flowers Media when I was doing Unscripted. They're a great company to work for. Uh, But overall, on my own for about 10 years.
0: And those other jobs that you've done in between, I'm assuming you've taken stuff from them to use on your own job?
1: Like the stapler? (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, I don't mean like the staple. I mean, like you've learned traits <laughs> that they're doing on, Oh, I can use this for my casting thing.
1: Yeah, no. Yeah, I know. Um, of course. Yeah. I learn. I learned something at every job that I've done because every, every job is different. Every project is different. So it's, you learn every single time for sure.
0: Okay. Before we go deep into the casting, mm-hmm. everybody out there, you're looking for the best deals for Vegas. Go to my website, beforethelightspod.com. Click on the vegas.com banners. You'll get the best deals for vacation packages, hotels, shows, the whole nightlife, anything you need in Vegas. Yes, it is not like it was pre-pandemic, but Vegas is still going out there. So Go to my website, beforethelightspod.com, and click on the vegas.com banners. Jamie, back to you. As a casting director, let's let's talk, what do you look for? if somebody's out there going, Hey, I want to get on reality TV. What does a casting director look for?
1: Um, you know, big personalities, uh, fun people. Um, you know, just, it depends on what, you know, what the show is and and what we're looking for, but definitely big personalities. I mean, if you watch reality shows, you kind of have an idea of, of what people are normally on reality shows. You know, somebody with a story, um, whether it's, you know, uh, emotionally uplifting story or a more sad story. Like everyone's got a life story. Um, you just kind of got to figure that out. And, you know, when you apply for a show, if, if a casting director does call you, you know, let them see the best part of you, the, the big personality part and like the cool part and whatever your story is, just kind of be an open book.
0: I'm sure you can see through somebody that's not who they are portraying themselves to be.
1: I mean, if I was that good, I wouldn't have been in my last relationship. So. <laughs> uh, I try, but obviously I fail sometimes.
0: <laughs> I mean, what other people, when you're talking to them, can you tell that they're either nervous or not being who their true self is?
1: Yeah, sometimes. I mean, sometimes people are really good at hiding it. And, you know, that can be good for a reality show, too. True.
0: True. How do you decide then to make the final decision when you only have so many spots and you have X number of people you think would be good for a
1: show? Um, you know, it's just a feeling really. And it also depends on who else is going to be like, if it's a dating show, um, you know we want all different types of personalities we don't want everybody that is going to act the same way um you know because we need a little bit of conflict and a little bit of you know people that get along and don't get along and all that kind of stuff so it really depends on who else i've got um that i'm looking at and and who's going to fit together in the right way that the show would need
0: is it your job then to call people and say sorry it, you didn't make it or does somebody else do that for you
1: um I've, I've done it sometimes. And sometimes I make someone else do it. Um, it just depends on the, on the project. And sometimes we don't call everybody back um, that didn't get it anyway. Mm. I guess we kind of ghost them. But. Okay.
0: So they find out yeah, by not finding okay. out.
1: Just, yeah. Not on purpose. It just depends on how far along in the casting process you get. Um, Cause we get thousands and thousands of people that submit, um, you know, and then we talk to hundreds and hundreds to, Get down to like ten, so we can't call everybody, but if you get further along in the process, we definitely do.
0: so how long does it take then to cast a show?
1: Um, it just depends. It's always different. sometimes I can you know it could take a week or two and sometimes a month or two.
0: People are coming in to be interviewed for the show, and you're narrowing it down, narrowing it down. Do you guys take alternates?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We always have backups. Always Always have backups. backups Just in case, um, you know, there's a lot of tests that you have to pass, like, especially for the ones where, you know, you're going to be on a deserted island with like 20 other people or something. Um, You have to pass, you know, the the mental health tests and the physical tests. And, you know, we don't want somebody to get there and then, oh, they're probably going to kill the other people. So we have to be a little bit careful with that. So we definitely have Other people as backups.
0: I didn't know if you had alternates or if you called back people that you previously had said no, going, hey, we got a spot. We'd like to talk to you again.
1: Sometimes. Sometimes.
0: Yeah, you have to do that. Mm -hmm. Have you ever just walked up to somebody on the street and went, I think they might be a fit for what I'm looking for?
1: Yeah, well, that's, you know, how I used to. That's how we did casting. Um, Oh, okay, Especially. Like, like more years ago before social media was so prevalent, uh, you know, we did street recruiting all the time where we'd walk around and like look for people and be like, hey, do you want to be on this reality show? Um, Do they believe you
0: or they think you're crazy?
1: Yeah, no. I mean, a lot of people, I mean, uh, you know, it's L.A., but a lot of people would be like, "Okay, yeah. And then I'd get their info and, you know, go from there. But um, now, well, especially with COVID, we don't do that. Um, But I don't really. Yeah, I mean, we haven't done that in a long time. <laughs> I haven't because I haven't really done a lot of recruiting people off the streets lately. Okay, but,
0: are you? Yeah. Do you always then look at people differently since you're a casting director for whatever reason, just because of your job, and go, "All right, I I'll put that one in my file," or "I think they might be a fit for this show," or do you? I mean, or do you online see somebody and go, "Wait a minute, that person might fit what I'm looking for"?
1: Yeah, you yeah, do, of course. Um, especially like you know, the beginning part of COVID and quarantine and we we're all sitting at home, um, you know, on the scripted side of things for films and whatnot, I would watch like people doing the monologues on Instagram and stuff. and be like, oh, like this is a, a great actor that I wouldn't have seen otherwise. Um, and, you know, I put them all into a little special folder and keep them in my mind. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm always looking. Of course.
0: Okay. That's that makes sense. What's the challenges of finding then the right people for the right project or do you get people that you that could cross over and be in maybe multiple projects you're trying to figure out what's the right one for them
1: yeah i mean it depends on if you're talking about scripted or unscripted um you know for unscripted we use actors for over and over all the time um and i like to do that i like to use actors that i know um for a variety of reasons. Cause if I know them and you know, they're cool and they're great actors, then I feel great about putting them into something and pushing them for something. Sure. Um, for reality shows, you know, it's hard to get like a second reality show. Um, like if you do a dating show uh, they're probably not going to have you do a, uh another dating show. I mean, unless it's within the same realm, like, bachelor bachelorette, you know, sometimes they'll bring people back. Um, I think bachelor in paradise, they did, they were doing that. Um, but yeah, for reality shows, like it's a lot of times it's more of a one and done type deal.
0: Okay. But do you have a hard time sometimes looking at somebody that could go into multiple shows that you're casting for and figuring out what's the right one to put them in?
1: Yeah. I mean, it just depends, you know, I'll interview people and sometimes they're, if they aren't for that show, I'll keep them in mm. my folders and then they are for, they are good for the next show. Especially if they have a the great personality. Um, but maybe, you know, like for dating shows, like we're looking for a specific look or height or whatever it might be. Um, and so they don't fit that one, but they might fit the next one for sure. I do that all the time.
0: So what do you prefer to cast for the most?
1: Um, You know, I, I like, everything to be different. I get bored really easy. So I like to flip around and do, um, everything, you know? Uh, and that's kind of the great thing about casting too, is that it, it's always a different day. Like my days are never the same. Okay. So yeah, I, I like to do everything.
0: What kind of, is there advice or tips you can give to listeners out there that are, are looking at applying for a reality TV show? Is there something in the application that can grab a casting director's attention to get a call?
1: You know, for me, like, I hate when it's, it, they use like really weird, bad grammar, like just write out Y O U it's an application. Like, don't just write the U like, I do people do
0: that. Oh, I gotcha. They really do that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I don't care if they use cuss words or like some kind of slang, slang. Cause that gives, um. A little bit of personality in there um definitely looking for personality but like the grammar thing like i don't get it like why can't you just write the words out and like use correct grammar like it just boggles my mind um and i think that's more of like the younger generation so <laughs> i just age myself i did <laughs> um yeah i don't know I, I even do that in text messages though like you know i i'm on the dating scene so when people when guys will like message me and they use this really bad grammar in their messages i'm like why are you doing this like i can't see you ever and so i guess i carry that over to all aspects of my life
0: you better put that in your dating profile have proper grammar and spell out your words
1: yeah must love dogs and have great grammar yeah that's
0: exactly
1: if you were casting
0: yourself for a show where would you put yourself
1: oh geez um you know, I'm, I think I'm too old to do most, uh, most shows, but, um, I would do a dating show for sure. Uh, maybe one of those, like, like not a crazy dating show. Cause I think I would need to like, stay away from like the alcohol dating shows, you know, where, where you go. And then it's just like open bar 24 seven. Like it would be downhill for me. Um, I would say like a more of a, a nicer, Dating show,
0: <laughs> a limited drink <laughs> dating <Yeah>. show. <laughs> yeah. You might want to start your own show there.
1: I know, I don't know how much fun that would be to watch, but I mean, I, I think my dating life is hilarious. very hilarious. Uh, <laughs> so maybe it'd be fun, never know.
0: Do you get calls then from the shows that you cast for and say, Hey, you did a great job of casting this person, or this person really didn't work out, so next time we're looking to do you get calls like that?
1: Yeah, um.
0: So they let you know how you did. Yeah,
1: they'll call me and, and let me know um, both in scripted and unscripted because, you know, especially for for scripted stuff for a film, you know, you're on set with somebody for like weeks. Um, and so you don't want somebody that's not going to be cool and like work well with others. So I, I always ask about the actors that I put on set um, just to make sure that everything is going well and everybody's happy Um Cause I don't want to reuse somebody that isn't working well with others.
0: <laughs> Talk to me about casting for paradise city. What was that like? And.
1: Um, yeah, that's one of my favorite projects um, ever that I was casting um, the director and, you know, the director is such an amazing guy. He's really cool. He made my job so simple um, because everybody wants to work with him. Uh, so I would just kind of, reach out to the actors that he had in mind and they were like, yeah, of course we'll work with Ash. Like he's a great dude. And everyone wanted to do the project. So it was like the easiest one that I've ever worked on, you know, (laughs) like I don't have to convince anybody of anything. Like everyone was stepping up, like wanted to work with him. He had everything um, in mind on who he wanted. So it just, my job was extremely easy.
0: Talk to me about river runs red. First off, what was that Mm -hmm. show about? And Talk to me about the casting process for it.
1: Um, that was a little more difficult. Um, That one was, they had, I think they had a lot of problems in, in production. It was a harder production for, for the people that were working um, on it. Uh, It's a great cast. It's a, it's a great cast. It's a great film. Uh, It's a like very action packed film.
0: And you had the opportunity to work with Betty White too.
1: I did. How
0: was I that? Did. That ha- Was that awesome?
1: Yeah, no, it was. I, I did a commercial. I worked on a commercial with Betty White and, uh, and Shaq. And they were just, they're funny. They're funny together. It, that was a really fun time. Shaq is like, huge. He's
0: yeah, a huge. Yeah, he's dude. massive. And
1: Betty White was so sweet. She's amazing. Such a great, phenomenal actress.
0: That is really cool. And some of the commercials like you've done, do you have any favorite ones that, that pop out in your head that you look back? I mean, you talked about the Shaq and, and Betty White one, but I, I'm looking here on your resume. You've done stuff with Red Bull and Chevy and Synology. Is there any of those that pop up that were well, like, hey, that was a fun one to work with?
1: Gosh, those were so long ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think I think everything I worked on was fun. I can't, like, remember the commercials at the moment, but, um, no, I, rem- I remember, um, I, you know, commercials are fun. They're, they're fun. They're quick. They're like little snippets, you know, they're, they're fun to do.
0: And how was it casting for big brother?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I did a lot of recruiting. There's, there's different um, positions, obviously in casting. Uh, so for big brother, I was hired just to kind of recruit. So I was basically sifting through everybody in the world that wanted to do big Brother, there. And, and I was kind of the first line of defense and I would, you know, swipe right or left basically. Uh,
0: <laughs> did you get to recruit the winner by any chance?
1: Uh, no, I did not.
0: Okay. All right. So you can't put I that on not. claim to fame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you done some music videos. I'm going to talk about the Buck Cherry video in the extra five. So the people, if you want to hear about the Buck Cherry videos, you're going to have to listen to the extra five. But right now, How was it working with like plain white tees?
1: Um, The video turned out great. Um, I think the guys were great. I just worked with the producers and um, so I actually didn't meet them at all. So, (laughs) but they, they seem happy with everything that, that we did.
0: Jamie, looking at now post pandemic outlook, is there going to be, you think a big surge back to television and movies, or do you think that things are going to be changed now?
1: Um, you know, I think things, I think things are are going to change. Uh, I think people realize that there's other ways to work on films. Um, I think a lot of people were really creative or have been really creative during the pandemic. A lot of amazing things are coming out of people sitting at home and, you know, being in quarantine. Um, you know, some of the most creative things I've seen lately have been through uh, quarantine and, and just being alone. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think things are definitely going to change. I think, you know, the casting process is, has changed, um, the way we shoot films and people are more aware and more self-aware in general.
0: Now we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk about your podcast before we get into strictly stalking, where is your attraction come from for true crime?
1: I love true crime. Um, I, I always have, uh, you know, just since I can remember, I've just wanted to work in true crime. Are you in, a, one way or another? are
0: you a horror film lover too? Mm-hmm. Oh, you oh, are. Yeah. Okay. I,
1: I love casting horror films. It's my favorite.
0: Okay. So in true crime, you're one of those that, you know, can watch all those TV shows and you can't get enough of them.
1: It's, it's every day.
0: All right. <laughs> And at the beginning of 2020, you started Strictly Stalking. It's a true crime podcast. With, as a tagline, it starts at stalking. I've checked it out. Good stuff. Where did this concept idea come from?
1: Um. Well, I called my business partner because I listen to so many um podcasts, true crime podcasts, and they're all like murder. Uh, really great murder ones are out there. And so I called my business partner, Jake Daptula. And I was complaining and I was like, I really want to do a podcast, but everyone's already doing all the good murders. Like I have nothing to do. I'm never going to have my own podcast. Um, And he was like, okay, well, why don't you do stalking? And I was like, stalking? Like, I don't even know anything about stalking. and then it hit me. I was like, how do I not know anything about stalking? Like no one's talking about this crime. Like it's this untapped crime. Um, so that's kind of how we decided to do a podcast about stalking. But then, you know, once we started doing it and once we started researching, we realized that it really is, um, you know, something that needs to be talked about. Um, just people don't know where to go. Where, like where do you turn if you need help, if you're being stalked um, or if your friend is being stalked? How do you help your friend? Um you know, that kind of stuff. And the laws aren't where they need to be with stalking. Uh agree. A lot of times stalkers don't, they don't get in trouble until they, you know, do something, which we don't, we, we want to stop it before it gets to that point. Uh, so now that we've been doing it, um, you know, we've really changed our, our outlook on it. Like we're just, we're really, yeah, it's a podcast and yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, I guess entertaining isn't really the right word. Well, you know,
0: yeah, it's very informative. Is are you getting people reaching out to you about them being stalked? And I'm sure there's endless cases on, are you guys just researching them all?
1: No, people, people definitely reach out to us. Um, you know, sometimes they reach out, they don't want to be on the show, but they just need Mm. advice or help. Uh, we always try and help everybody. We can, um, you know, we, we have a lot of resources now that, like I wouldn't have known about if I wasn't doing the podcast. So we always try to help everybody. Um, but yeah, a lot of people, a lot of our listeners have been stalked. I mean, so many people have been stalked. It's, it's unbelievable.
0: Are you enjoy doing it?
1: I love it. I love it. I didn't realize that, um, that I could help so many people in such a way. And it comes out
0: on Tuesday. Is that correct? Every Tuesday?
1: Yeah. Every uh, Tuesday
0: you can find it probably anywhere podcasts can be found just like, uh, this one you're listening to here. How far in advance are you are you guys doing are you recording?
1: Um it just depends but you know a few weeks
0: Back into the whole concept idea from the time you had that conversation with your business partner how long did it take for you to finally get things going and get a show out there?
1: Well um we had the conversation and after about 3 days I had uh, we did the pitch deck um we did it really quick and then we took it to cast media, which houses our uh-huh. podcast. Um, and they were like, cool, we love it. We'll take it. Um, and then I had to learn how to do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cause I had no idea. I was like, okay, what do I do now? Um, you know, no clue. There's so much work that goes into it, but luckily cast is such a great company. They, they helped us along the way. Um, and we recorded, you know, a bunch of things over a few months and then, got ready to drop it and so it it didn't really take that long i guess but it seemed like forever
0: (laughs) and you brought up something i was is my next question is how much work are you putting into each show because you can tell that you guys aren't just okay we got whoever on the line and you're just going you can tell you guys have done some research in the background so how long is it taking you guys to get everything ready before you can actually record somebody
1: Um, quite a while. You know, it's funny. A lot of listeners ask, I mean, I guess some of our guests can be a little bit controversial. Um, and a lot of listeners ask like, Oh, how do you know that this person's telling the truth? And Oh, they haven't done the, get the hosts haven't done their research. We do so much research. We look at all the case files. We look at the police reports. We look at, you know, the arrest records. Like we look at everything, like We, we do realize that our guests that we have on are, you know, telling the truth, quote unquote, but that's kind of a problem that, um, all stalking victims have is like, people think, you know, they're kind of victim shamed, which is so weird to be victim shamed over something that you have no control over. Um. I, mean, I guess that's the point. Like that's objective shaming is, but um, it's just, it's so, it's so crazy, but we do so much work to just to research and to make sure that, you know, we're putting the show together in the correct way so that we can help other people.
0: Have you run into obstacles where you just can't get your hands on what you need? So you, you just can't get a show out that you'd like to do?
1: No, not really. Okay. Um, you know, we've, we've been able to really make things work. Um, so
0: getting police rec- records and reports haven't been an issue for you guys to get your hands on those.
1: Well, no, because the, the victims in most cases have the records
0: that makes sense. You know, they
1: have, they have copies of the restraining orders. And the, the number one thing that we tell every victim of stalking is to document everything. And so are the people that we have on the show usually have just logs and logs and logs of documents because it, it takes so long and so much documentation to put somebody away for stalking.
0: Have you made any progress on trying to get some things changed the way stalking is looked at in this country?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think so. You know, we're working with a couple of different organizations. Um, you know, one of our past guests who's a huge victims advocate is Lenora Clare. Um, we try and work with her as much as possible because she's just making waves and headlines and she's amazing. Like she does so much for for other people that have been stalked and for that whole community and just advocating right and left for everybody. She's great. So yeah, I mean, we're definitely seeing some things change.
0: That's awesome. Keep up the good work. You people got to listen to Strictly Stalking. Check out that podcast. If you go to my show notes, I will have a link there to the podcast so you guys can click on it, subscribe, listen, check it out. I know everybody's into true crime these days. Now you have something else to add. As Jamie said, something before the true crime actually happens, which is the stalking. Great idea, by the way. I, I, Thank you. That's the only one I've seen out there. And I don't, is there anybody else doing anything like that with stalking?
1: Um, not really, not that I've seen. I mean, a lot of the the crime podcasts will cover a stalking story, but not just strictly stalking.
0: Gotcha. Last thing before I let you go, we're going to switch completely away from stalking. Okay. You've brought up this a couple times during the uh, podcast, but... <laughs> Let's see where you go with this. Tell me wh- where did where did this mancation adventures in in dating come from?
1: Oh man, that's from so many years ago. <laughs> wow you you just dug so deep into the internet. So I used to write for um, the Examiner, the Baltimore oh. Angeles Examiner, I think it was, and they, yeah, I I did a, a column about basically being single. Um, Before my last relationship with it turned my last before my last relationship, (laughs) which turned out horrific, um, I was single and I had a breakup. I moved to Honduras for a little while um, to get away. (laughs) You really got away. Yeah. uh, while I was in Honduras, just, you know, kind of. Having fun and living the beach life um, on a small island over there, I decided to write about being single and taking a break from men. And it, the column was originally more—I was trying to write about taking a break from men because <laughs> I hadn't ever really done that. And it turned into like a dating thing because I was like, "Why am I taking a break? I'll start dating." Um, so yeah, then when I came back, I started dating, and I think I—I I probably just I just don't have the best taste
0: you're not making the best decisions
1: I don't I really I just don't make the good decisions with uh who I choose to date
0: maybe the next one will be the right one for you I don't know (laughs) (laughs) you don't have a lot of confidence in yourself
1: (laughs) I mean there's there is one I have my eye on so so we'll see what happens
0: Today's show has been brought to you by Reflection Bay Golf Club, located in the heart of beautiful Lake Las Vegas. Go to ReflectionBayGolf.com. That's ReflectionBayGolf.com. It's a top 100 course that the public can play. It's a Jack Nicklaus signature prestige design that played host to the Wendy's Three Tour Challenge from 1998 to 2007. Jamie, next time you come to Vegas, let me know. I'll get you out to Lake Las Vegas. If you don't golf, no big deal. I'll take you into the bistro there, get you lunch, and talk about uh, hopefully better adventures in dating.
1: Yeah, actually, I'm going to come to Vegas soon. My, my ex, the chiropractor, he lives <laughs> in Vegas, so I go visit him sometimes.
0: Yeah, let me know. We'll take you out there. Have you been out to Lake Las Vegas? Oh, yeah. I Beautiful place. Beautiful place. Jamie, thanks for taking some time and being on Before the Lights. I appreciate it. Thank you. For show notes, go to my website, beforethelightspod.com. Follow us on Instagram at Before the Lights Podcast. You want merch? Before the Lights merch? No problem. Go to the website, beforethelightspod.com/slash merch. Check out all the apparel there. Thank you for listening to Before the Lights. I'm Tommy Canali. And until next time, everybody, a salute, a chin chin.